0: Hi friends, today on Best People we have two of the most talented pastry chefs in the Cincinnati area. Owners and operators of Sebastian Bakehouse, we've got Laura Kate Edelman and Randy Sebastian. The couple met while they were opening the Horseshoe Casino in 2013 in downtown Cincinnati. And then after a few years here, they decided to move back to Randy's hometown of Las Vegas, Nevada where Randy took on the role of executive pastry chef for Caesars Palace and Laura Kaye was the executive pastry chef for Chef Nobu, Nobu Matsuhisa at Nobu Las Vegas. After a few years of various roles on the West Coast and in the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic, the couple decided to move back to Cincinnati to pursue their vinoiserie dreams. And voila, Sebastian Bakehouse was born from a pop-up to a brick and mortar shop. Um, they're here today to just chat about you know some of their culinary journey some earthly delights julia child once said that people who love to eat are always the best people i couldn't agree more i'm haley forney and you're listening to best people the podcast All right, thanks so much for joining us today. This is Haley Forney. We're back with another episode of Best People. Today on our show, we've got Randy and Laura Kate from Sebastian Bakehouse. Do you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves uh, to the listeners and just say, you know who you are, what you do, that kind of thing, where you're from? I
1: am Randy Sebastian, uh, partner and co-owner of Sebastian Bakehouse. Uh, Originally from born in Southern California. Um spent the majority of my life in Las Vegas, and through my profession, uh, moved to Cincinnati and fell in love with it. And after a five-year span of a little bit of traveling that me and Laura Kate did, I wanted to call Cincinnati home, and I'm, I'm back. Your turn.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm Laura Kate, partner of, in Sebastian Bakehouse. I'm originally from Oxford ohio and moved to cincinnati for pastry school at midwest culinary institute and um yeah randy and i met when he hired me at the horseshoe casino when they opened downtown and uh yeah we spent a little time in las vegas together and now we're back here in cincinnati
0: so did you choose Cincinnati because it's close to home for you, or you just kind of both agreed that it was the best spot for you? Or well, why yeah. Cincy? Yeah, my
2: my family is here and um uh yeah, we just we love Cincinnati. Cincinnati is cool. Yeah, it
0: is cool. It is a cool city. It's got a lot going on for it and and That's everything. Cool. Uh, growing up, would you say that you know you always knew you wanted to be pastry chefs, or was it something that just kind of revealed itself as you got older?
2: For me, it definitely revealed itself. I I liked baking when I was in when I was younger, like in middle school and high school, mm-hmm. and um, I think my mom just out of the blue suggested maybe I want to go to pastry school and it just stuck with me. Yeah.
1: I I think with me, I I wanted to be an architect. I like drawing. I like straight lines and using a ruler and the precision of it. Um, My father was an old school baker and I would always do chores in the morning before school and chores after school, helping him in the bakery. And that skill set kind of stuck with me. And one way or another, I ended up being surrounded by a bunch of people that worked for my father over the years, and I was kind of sucked into the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And come to find out, I supposedly was somewhat decent at it. And um, one thing led to another. Yeah, one thing led to another, and it just became very, very easy to me as far as the world of baking, and I pursued it and fell in love with it.
0: So, growing up in a house with a baker, was your dad cooking a lot at home, or was your mom doing most of the cooking, or
1: not, not at all? I mean, my my parents um, they they divorced at a young age, but my they both are workaholics, and growing up, they would work two to three jobs both just to put a roof over my and my sister's heads. Mm-hmm. And um, but no, I mean, we'd always eat good. Um, but just the matter of just doing chores mm-hmm. and not liking them as a kid. And then those, that underlying unknown skill set that I was gaining just stuck with me and I had no idea about it. Yeah, that's and, um, probably,
0: that probably impacted you to kind of go yeah. on and do what you were doing. Yeah. What about you, Laura Kate, who was doing most of the cooking growing up?
2: Uh, my dad did a lot of cooking. Um, which I really, really appreciate now. he, um, Yeah, he always cooked us dinner, Mm -hmm. waffles every Sunday morning, made me me breakfast every morning before school. And my mom, she did some cooking, but she was more special projects. Okay. Uh, Oh, and my dad, he always makes us birthday cakes. Always, yeah like sheet cakes mm-hmm. or
0: like layered cakes or no
2: fun, funfetti cake
0: funfetti, is funfetti a
2: cake really really amazing family recipe fudge icing that sounds delicious <laughs> is that his like signature
0: dish would you say is a funfetti cake with a family fudge
2: maybe maybe i would say that i don't think he would say that <laughs> <I think laughs> the the icing is can be tricky and challenging and he like he fusses and moans about it like every time but it always turns out out delicious and amazing yeah that's awesome
0: that's funny what about you randy any signature dishes in your house when you're growing up that your parents made that kind of formed your palate a little bit my
1: dad never cooked at home um, but my mom as rarely as she was home because she was working so hard. But when she did cook, my mom's a phenomenal cook. But I grew up on my grandmother's cooking. um, And my grandmother would always eat fish. There's this this soup dish called sinigang that we eat in in Philippine cuisine. And it's this tamarind-based, sour-based soup that's just so good. But there would always be a pot of that and rice on in the rice pot, mm-hmm. and that would always be the go-to for me and my sister because we grew up together.
0: Sounds and, really uh,
1: comforting. It is, yeah. But you get tired of it as a kid, always right. seeing it on your,
0: <laughs> you know Most me. Kids my sister don't really like fish.
1: Yeah, totally. We knowing that was always in the house, but we'd always want cool food like our friends would have, like nachos or chicken fingers or you know the the coolest cereal out there right now. But we'd always have this fishy soup at home. <laughs>
0: Right. And it's like, you go, it was definitely a comfort food, but yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Would you, do you think you'd appreciate it more
1: now? Uh, Yeah, I totally do. I totally. And it's just funny to see that, you know, Philippine food is becoming more aware in our industry and it's becoming trendy and it's just, funny to see but we kind of yeah, appreciate I think
0: food and wine just did a big article on filipino yeah. cuisine in la and seattle and there's yeah. actually i lived in the northwest for a long time and there's quite a few uh uh filipino restaurants and like yep. white center in seattle yeah. so you can always get your lumpy fix there if you there want you <laughs> there
1: you go there you go hayley that's awesome
0: yeah uh, would you say that Julia Child has any, since this is a Julia Child-inspired podcast, would you say Julia Child has any influence over you and your careers in any way?
2: For me, unfortunately, not so much. When I was in college and kind of in my formative years, I just didn't realize how big of a deal she was, unfortunately. Um yeah, I I wish she did because she's such a powerful lady and I love her. She's a voice.
0: badass. Um yeah. I know yeah. have you guys watched the HBO show on HBO. We probably don't have time to watch TV cuz you're always was, baking, but
2: <laughs> not yeah, what well, I didn't know there was one. What, I is didn't it? Either. what is it called? Yeah,
0: the premise of it is called Julia, of course, and the premise of it is she's starting her television show in the Boston area. So it kind of picks up where the movie that was made about her life gotcha. like left leaves off. So, but it's it's good. Check it out if you haven't. Yeah. Um, one of my other standard questions that I ask everyone is if a, if fragrances are like as a coffee person, fragrances are really strong for me. So a scent can really bring back a memory. Are there any fragrances that really pull you into a time and a place or maybe just remind you of when you were traveling? If you smell a certain thing, does it take you to a spot?
2: Uh, Nutmeg for me. When I smell freshly grated nutmeg, it always reminds me of a dish uh, my parents would make. We just called it masticoli, like the pasta, but Uh they they cooked it with like a spicy Italian sausage and a butter white wine sauce. Mm-hmm. That was, that was our special dinners. And it had a lot of nutmeg and I, it was like a favorite. That's my sister, my sister and I. Yeah. Mm. So that always brings me back. Yeah.
1: I think made the scent is caramel. Mm. I, I love caramel. Anything caramel based. Quarantine. Yeah. I grew up, my father would come home from working in a bakery. And for some reason, I loved raw Florentine cookie batter. <laughs> raw. And I would eat logs it has to be of it. Raw. <laughs> so my dad knew it. And he would purposely bring, there would be rolls of this Florentine, kind of like an icebox cookie that you would roll and freeze mm-hmm. and wrap up. So we'd bring a roll home, knowing that would be my. At a young age, guilty pleasure, and I would eat the hell out of this raw <laughs> cookie batter. But it was so caramely and nutty, and they can't eat fruit in there. I, and ever since that day, I just, yeah. Laura Kate will tell you, anything caramel-based, I will I will eat it. <laughs> Do you Period. still make Florentine for yourself? No, no, it's coming.
2: We we definitely like, thought about it.
1: Yeah, I I want to introduce it somehow, some way, with some cool story on it, and and the cool kind of croissant kind of a thing. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: working progress right now. Cool. What would you say is the most challenging thing that you've ever baked? Mm. Like, what's been your most difficult project, other than of course running a storefront? Like
2: that's got to be hard. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest beast I've ever taken on but a specific thing Mm. I had a hard time thinking of something
1: the hardest thing I don't know I think to me I think pastry comes pretty easy to both of us I think it's more just orchestrating a big production of something that has a ton of moving parts in operation Mm -hmm. maybe not so much making a specific pastry or dessert or bake component, but yeah. maybe just putting it all together on one busy day. Maybe mm-hmm. it's more of just, you know, we have a, um, a huge event and we're feeding 40,000 people that work for Amazon and they have a big, huge gala dinner event for their last event. Um, I think our time in Vegas, um, for the most part, has made this transition somewhat easy. Mm A bunch of moving parts and a bunch of people looking up to you for direction and leadership and, you know, what's next or what do we do here? And I think that has helped tremendously with this path we're taking on right now.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Do do you want to talk a little bit about your time in Vegas? I know that, Laura Kate, you worked with Chef Nobu, who I listened to some of the, like, just different interviews with him. And he seems like he's really relaxed and I wonder if that's just for the interviewer, or if he's actually, you know, an actual chill guy, as they say.
2: Um, from my little interaction with him, yes, he was very calm, like a very centered person. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't work with him much because you know he has restaurants all over all the over world. the world. Yeah, yeah. So um, he would you know jet in and jet out for special events um yeah but um really the the room chef i worked with uh, at so nobu is inside the casino caesar's palace and mm-hmm. um so there's a executive chef for that nobu his name was um chris he was very very talented i got to work um closely with him and i learned so much from him um not uh, not a a lot about specifically pastry but um about managing people and um how to put a dish together um that harmonizes with the rest of the menu yeah it was a about really you randy any uh
0: standout moments at in caesar's palace for you in las vegas or i guess you had quite the career though you yeah, were in other you, places too, not just Caesars Palace.
1: Yeah, if you, yeah. A lot of time in Las Vegas, a lot of time in the casinos, it's pretty much absorbed the majority of my professional career before we went on our own with this business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, opening nine mega resorts um, that are all 3,000 plus rooms with more than 30 plus restaurants in each one wow. was, was fun. It took, you know, when I think about it now, how much myself and a lot of my colleagues back then have done in a matter of time. It's pretty amazing. Um, you know, and I come from a state of the art pastry kitchen with like 150 bakers in there to doing it with just now just <laughs> working and I'm trying to push out a thousand pastries on a Saturday morning, the hard way is it's totally day and night, but I, I appreciate it so much more now than before because back then it was more of a production Yeah, and you'd have state of the art machines doing it. You'd have an army behind you, but you kind of at times lose sense of the trade Mm -hmm. and the craft and it's more of just feeding people and getting numbers through the door, but it's helped. Um, It's helped to get us to where we are for sure. And it's even though it's not easy opening and running your own business, I think just, the skill set we've had has kind of made that piece easy for us to execute and do. And then we can focus our attention on the challenging part of the unknown and running an operation and stuff like that. So I think it's helped both of us, the experience that I've had in Las Vegas. Oh for sure. yeah,
0: for sure. And you as a small business owner, things always come up. There is but, never like a day yeah. where it's yeah. just a quiet day. That doesn't typically happen. As soon as
2: you think you're safe yeah. and coasting along, yeah. no, it'll, it'll <laughs> blow up. Yeah, yeah there's there's
0: something breaks. Yeah.
1: But I, I just think the experience there is just priceless to, to get us to where we are right now, for sure.
0: Yeah. Do you guys miss living out west at all? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah I definitely do. We had a chance to visit not too long ago. It was so nice. Um, we kept looking at each other and just saying... Wow, we really miss it. It's so nice <laughs> here. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we love Las Vegas. The the diversity, the the view, the mountain views. There's really nice views in Las mm-hmm. Vegas. The
1: yeah. There's more um, it than just the casino. That's for
2: sure. Yeah, I really really enjoyed living there. Um, but Cincinnati is home.
0: So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. People always ask me why the hell did you want to come to a place called Cincinnati when you lived in Vegas where you had everything. But, you know, if you don't give a place like Cincinnati a chance, you you fail to realize. I, I think the biggest thing for me was just um, the people, the culture. Yeah. You get kind of jaded in the world of the casino life in Las Vegas, and there is life out there, and it's beautiful. It absolutely is. But it's very different than out here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, the little bit that I experienced when I was first here opening up the casino, about 10 years ago it just made me realize what i i don't know i think it's just more of just life in general mm-hmm. not that it's fake in vegas because it's not don't get me wrong but it's very very different but living the las vegas life as long as i had and then the difference of cincinnati i i, I want to embrace this more now mm-hmm. in my life and with Lori kate and us you know starting a family soon and mm-hmm. yeah i think it's just it's it's pretty awesome here the, the the winters aren't the best compared you know and <laughs> i like colleagues in vegas at the same time of the year and it's 70 degrees out right but i mean you know the the suffering of the cold is very minimal and doesn't outweigh anything compared to the quality of life and what we have out here
0: well i grew up in illinois and the winters here haven't really been that bad
1: so. oh yeah compared to illinois <laughs> yeah yeah this is like miami compared to illinois
0: Well, and today it's been super nice. So, and we're technically still in winter.
1: Right.
0: So we're either going to get a blizzard by the end of the month Mm -hmm. or it's going to be 85. That's why I decided. So I guess we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. What would you say is maybe the most memorable meal that you've ever had? And it could be like just a simple meal or it could be something fancy you Could have made something for it or even just gotten to eat something
2: delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, I we ha- went to a noodle place in Chinatown in San Francisco that was really uh, amazing.
1: So like good,
2: really, really tiny pole hole in the, the wall. wall. Oh,
1: that was so good.
2: We went there on like a really rainy day, too. It was maybe freezing
1: was cold, and we walked. That,
2: maybe that was the second day. The second
1: time we went no no it was cold we're oh, yeah. like oh crap we didn't dress enough yeah. but we wanted a bullet there it was so worth it
2: so good
1: it was so yeah. um
2: total
1: hole I was, in the wall I was
2: like, what kind of noodles it was of- tan tan men
1: yeah it was okay. uh tan men so spicy pork the noodles were delicious we didn't know what to expect right because that was the first day yeah. we were in that restaurant yeah, yeah it was you know, just that you know that stereotypical thought in your head, like oh, okay, it's a hole in wall in Chinatown. What do we expect? Loud noise, language barrier. You know, the 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 dining room is also the storage space for all of their to-go wear. Mm-hmm. So we sit down on this kind of sticky table and look at the menu that hasn't been cleaned in weeks. But we ordered this bowl of. We both ordered the same thing. Yeah. Oh, it was so good.
2: Amazing.
1: Yeah, that was kind of. That hit the soul right there, I think, for both of us. That was probably the, one of the most memorables recent, yeah. yeah.
0: recently. Yeah. Recently, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll agree to that one. That was that was pretty delicious.
0: You have Randy's endorsement on that one. Yeah. Have you guys ever been to the Paramount Hotel? I'm sorry? Have you ever been to the Paramount Hotel in San Francisco? Because they have a tiki bar inside their old pool. They they changed it, I think, in, like, the 1930s or 40s. And they have, it was the best shumai I've ever had in my life. Like, and I was like, eh, this is going to be touristy, whatever. We're going to go. And I thought it, that it wouldn't be good food, but the food was actually amazing. Yeah. And all the barware that they have is all from the 1940s. So they have to, like, go out and continually find it and source it when people break things. Anyway, if you're ever in San Francisco, go to the Tonga Room. It's really, really cool.
2: I love San Francisco. Definitely be on our list.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We had a brief
1: stint in San Francisco. I took on this job. Corporate America got the best out of me. And I begged and pleaded with Laura Kate for about three months about how disappointed and I wanted to get out while we were in Vegas. So I took this position for this small startup company and it, it moved us to San Francisco. And um, we were in a good place where Laura Kitt could take some time off to press reset. So she spent time, back, she went back and forth with visiting mom and dad here in Ohio for about a month and then came back and stayed with me in San Francisco while I was on this job. But I mean, the experience as a whole in San Francisco was, was pretty awesome. So this was what, 2019 maybe? 2019, I took this job, I left corporate America, We packed up our bags, and we stayed in this small studio that was no more than 300 square feet.
2: It was tiny.
0: And it was a million dollars.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was $3 million a month in rent. Um, So we stayed in this small little space, but the city, I mean, the homeless piece kind of sucks when it's all over around you in front of your face and all, but the food and the restaurants and the culture and what San Francisco has to offer. We Mm -hmm. didn't have enough time to spend in there. And then I was working like midnight or two o'clock in the morning till 10 or 11 o'clock the next day. So I came home in a beautiful day and I had to go home and sleep. Laura Kate's wide awake. So she's, you know, exploring little parts of the city and the mission here and there, but the little times that I did have time and we walked around and, Checked the beaches, checked all the neighborhoods, spent time a lot of time in the mission, and just walking the streets and in Chinatown. Yeah, all the little hole in the walls there and the restaurants, just, the food's amazing.
0: It is, and you. And the nice thing about being in California is so much of our food is grown in California, yeah. so the produce is just fresh. Right, and that just changes everything with the ingredients and right. And all
1: that stuff. So that was it. Was a great experience out there, but I I just made us appreciate more about food and just quality of life, and just Mm -hmm. don't get inundated with you know how work at a job and or a supervisor
0: can suck up all your time mentally and physically.
2: You know, yeah,
0: you gotta have a work life balance. I think during the pandemic, a lot of restaurant people really started to realize that you know that. Yeah. I don't like. It's changing. Things are changing. Nobu is closing. So yeah, all that kind of fun stuff. So I think it's it's kind of helped the industry,
1: but it's also kind of hurt because you know just the adapting and the change yeah. is kind of hard for a lot of people to do. Us included.
2: It's mm-hmm. like a yeah think, for for the industry.
1: So just finding the right you know mix of you know. How much can you actually push an employee of yours, but then also understand and and be empathetic with life mm-hmm. and time has been I don't want to say a hard challenge, but just eye-opening. Yeah how you, how you think things through and what a true demand is compared to what a demand thing in the past is? Yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be better.
0: I think so too. I think that the industry, the food industry as a whole, learned a lot of valuable lessons and especially small businesses, you know, if you're out because everybody on the team has COVID and you have to close, maybe instead of, you know, you also need to take those break days. You need to take those staff enrichment days and those development days too. And a lot of people weren't doing that. They were just, you know, go, 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 go.
1: Yeah. And that, that's, that's, that was my whole life is go, 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 go.
2: It's Mm so easy to fall into. It is. Lauren does a good
1: job of you know cracking the whip and saying, "Dude, stop, pump the brakes, live life, look at me, blink." You know, (laughs) she does a good job restraining us as much as she can, and sometimes it's kind of hard for her to hold me back. But I I, I truly appreciate her recognizing that we need to like, you know, doesn't necessarily have to get done today, but we'll get it done tomorrow.
0: You know balance, Randy.
1: It is. It's hard. It really, really is. But I think Laura Kate has found a way and a formula to control
0: that out of me. Thank goodness. Way to go, Laura Kate. Way to keep everybody on track. You did it. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys could create your own ideal dinner party, what would you have? So you get a starter, you get a main course, you get a dessert and a drink of choice. And you also well, we'll get to the second part of the question. So just focus on the first part of the question. So, what would your starter be? What would your main be? And what would your dessert and drink of choice be? And you can each have your own.
2: Doesn't have to be a collective yeah, decision.
0: Either.
2: Yeah. Okay. Mine would be. I don't know if this is great dinner party food, but for a, a starter, I would love a good piece of bread with a little bit of mayo and peak season tomato. With mm, salt. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Mm. And then for a main, I would probably do like a nice grilled steak with like a chimichurri sauce.
1: Mm-hmm. Really nicely
2: seasoned With uh, um, like red wine vinegar and maybe some roasted fingerling potatoes or roasted Brussels sprouts yeah
0: it's like a steakhouse vibe that you've got <laughs> but yeah. like a nice steakhouse
2: yeah which is surprising because i was vegetarian for many years oh really <laughs> yeah. yeah but now now i i can appreciate meat and everything it brings is that my fault no okay no okay.
0: <laughs> What about dessert? What would you have for dessert?
2: Dessert, I would do um, Russian honey cake. I, I worked for a really great lady Michelle. named Michelle Polzin in San Francisco. She had a cafe called Twentieth Century Cafe, mm-hmm. and it was it was so incredible, and so amazing. And she made this Russian honey cake that is just divine Delicious. like the yeah. the really the best cake I've ever had in my wow. life it was such a like epiphany when I <laughs> when we tried it remember and yeah. then and then that's what and then I like went up to her and started chatting with her because this cake was so good and I was like uh are you hiring <laughs> you need any help
1: and she started working there yeah
2: and then and then I got a job there and it was incredible nice
1: yeah. too bad the restaurant isn't there anymore.
2: Yeah, it's very it's it's really sad that it's unfortunately not there. But um,
1: everything in there yeah. was so good.
2: Mm, that's yeah, a bummer. She made I learned how to make bagels from her. And all kinds oh. of um, delicious, like Eastern European
1: style pastry. Yeah, food
2: she did. Yeah,
0: so good, so good, mm. so good. Drink of choice? Do you have a drink of choice that you would have at your dinner
2: party? Let's uh, see drink um, from this bar here in Northside called Gulo. They make a drink, they call it a Paloma. Uh, I'm not a drink person. What's in it? It's like- uh, It's
0: our fave right now. Yeah. Tequila or mezcal. Yeah, a
2: little bit of tequila. Um, is it squirt? Like the soda? Yeah. They put a little bit in there and um, tahine. Huh. If you close so your eyes, good. it's, it's kind of so like a... refreshing. Yeah. Like a really light,
1: light margarita. margarita
2: yeah. If
1: you were to close your eyes. Yeah. But she loves it because it's a tahini.
2: Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Margarita is a sucker for anything acidic. <laughs> times 10.
0: I mean, I like You had a bottle too. of
1: vodka, or vodka, a bottle of vinegar on the table that she liked. She could literally drink it if she wanted to. <laughs> I, I
2: <literally, laughs>
1: You
0: would,
2: though. I like...
1: She I loves like, anything sour. We
2: were at, um... Part and crew the other night, this cute little wine bar in Pendleton, and they Mm -hmm. gave us some bread and a little bowl of nice red wine vinegar. I was like, Yes, (laughs) you understand me. Yeah,
0: you're speaking your love language.
2: Yes,
0: it's funny. What about you, Randy? Starter, main dessert, drink a choice.
1: you, when you ask that question, a lot of comfort foods come in the yeah,
0: you can go comfort food route.
1: Barbecued, uh, um, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a look. I, I appreciate anything done well. I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it might sound kind of bad, but I would. I, I'm thinking more of just Filipino food because I don't eat enough of it as it is. Yeah, you know, I that I grew up on. So I'm as simple as lumpia or some 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 barbecue sticks. Um, I just. Just think about barbecue. Uh, Growing up, my grandmother made this this stew dish called Kare Kare, which is a peanut-based stew with um, pork. Oh my God, it's so good! Some a little bit of that over a full bowl of rice, I'm good. Um, Like an appetizer, wise, yeah, like lumpia, something fried and crunchy. What do you call it? That's my weakness. Anything Mm -hmm. fried, like fried chicken, (laughs) chicken wings, pork rinds, stuff like that. Just stuff that I grew up on. Dessert-wise, it's simple. It's ice cream. cream. Anything (laughs) ice cream. I love ice cream. I love making ice cream. I I really, really do. Um, Maybe some just a good old big bowl of really, really good vanilla ice cream and a ton of salted caramel sauce. That sounds Uh, good. So
0: your next venture will be ice cream shop?
1: You never know.
0: You never know. The place that your storefront is in, they had ice cream. For I know. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. That's what yeah. we were told. Yeah. And a lot of kids in the neighborhood, oh, this isn't the candy shop anymore. <laughs> you know, we, we get that all the time. But, yeah, yeah, you, it's in our future, to what capacity just yet, some sort of frozen component we're definitely going to have in the, in the future of Sebastian Bakehouse for the Ooh. community of Cincinnati.
0: Well, I look forward to that. Okay, so the second part of my dinner party question is, who are, is coming to this fabulous dinner party that you're hosting? Mm. You can't invite anybody. They can be friends, family. They can be,
2: like, famous, dead, living. It, the world is your oyster. Uh, my first instinct is to say all of my extended family because I never get to see them as much yeah. as I want.
1: I would say the same. Um,
2: yeah, on both my mom and my dad's side. And um, and like family friends um, that I grew up seeing, but don't get to see so much anymore. Um, yeah, and of course, I would love all my friends to be there. Of course.
0: Yeah. this is a big party.
1: I would say the same extended family, cousins, aunts, uncles that I haven't seen since I was growing up. Kind of lost track with them just with the profession and leaving Las Vegas and them going overseas and abroad. Definitely just extended family. Friends, I could see them later. <laughs> I think it's more of just a family thing for me.
0: You can always see your friends.
1: Yeah. At some sure. point,
0: we'll yeah. cross paths again. Yeah. For sure. So, what's a great way for people to get in touch with your work? I know you guys have an Instagram. It's at Sebastian Bakehouse, but mm-hmm. is there any other things? Do you guys TikTok or Facebook or any of that stuff?
1: We've, don't
2: don't do TikTok yet.
1: Yeah. That's common. <laughs> we don't do TikTok <laughs> we yet. Want
2: but... to, uh, we're we're definitely very active on Instagram. All of our announcements, the most up to date information is always on our Instagram and then and the same the same stuff on Facebook.
1: Yeah. Our website. And if people
2: kind of wanna oh sorry, go ahead. And the website. We too. try to
1: keep the website as active as possible, but we're managing that and we find as much time as we can to do it, but we're kind of falling behind on that, especially with the new menu. Um, yeah. Your
0: March menu is out this yeah, weekend.
1: Out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we've got a couple things working behind the scenes. So yeah, as elaborate as we wanted to do March a couple weeks ago, it's still some great changes that we're going to have fun with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're, we're definitely working on some things.
2: We have one thing I know people are going to be so excited about <laughs> in March.
1: It's yeah, we yeah. should announce it tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to finalize the stuff for, for the video tonight. Yeah. Cause a ton of people have been asking for this one thing. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. nice. So that'll be coming soon.
1: Yeah, the, yeah. Stay
0: tuned. Follow along on Instagram.
1: Yeah. But ways to get a hold of us, um, other than, you know, our social media feeds, um, you can email us at sales at com, info at com, um, or even just the simplest things, or just giving us a phone call.
0: Yeah. Or swing by the shop on a weekend. Or swing by the store. Yeah. yeah. You guys are there. And what's your address, just for listeners in the Cincinnati area? It's
2: 6846 Wooster
0: Pike yeah. in... Um, Marymont, Marymont, Yeah. The Strand. Yeah. yeah. It's in the Strand and it's next to uh, Rune Juicery. Yeah, they just they opened, just opened, opened today. today. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Some and really, then. Two really good guys own that place. Yeah. I, I chatted with them a little bit. They're super cool. Oh, and then nice. a, really,
1: really, and a really cool toy store is a couple doors down from us as well.
2: Toy store. There's a really nice charcuterie place. The whole area is really nice.
0: Yeah. The whole area is nice for sure. Well, awesome. I love having guys in the neighborhood. It's so convenient for me. <laughs> Just be like, I feel like a croissant today. So I'm going to go get go. one. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on you guys. It's been a real treat chatting with you. Um, and, yeah, I'll see you at the shop. All right, Haley. Can't wait. Have a good Thank you so much to Randy and Laura Kate from Sebastian Bakehouse for coming on the show today. It was such a delight to talk to them. And I hope that you'll follow along with their adventures on at Sebastian Bakehouse on Instagram. You can also, if you're in the Cincinnati area and you want some tasty pastries, they're open um, on Saturdays and Sundays. On Saturdays, they open at 8 a.m. On Sundays, they open at 10 a.m. And the address is 6846 Wooster Pike in Cincinnati, Ohio. You can also, if you ever need any special order things, cakes, and the like, you can reach them through their website, and that's sales at SebastianBakeHouse.com. Again, if you want to get in touch with them or just check out what they've got going on, um, their Instagram page is at SebastianBakeHouse. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Until then, bon appetit!